Your financial mission, should you choose to accept it, is to achieve financial clarity. New Intel suggests that bad financial actors are constantly filling the landscape with misinformation and other barriers and obstacles, leaving you with limited time to make the right choices for a successful financial future. To make things easier, we've chosen your team for you. Financial Commander Janine Theus will help lead you to success. As always, should you avoid the excellent guidance you're about to receive, you'll be disavowed. Also, this message will self-destruct in three seconds. Three, two, one. Welcome to Your Financial Mission. We'd like to thank you for listening to the podcast today. I'm Mark Haywood, and I'm joined alongside your financial commander, Janine Theus. Janine is the CEO and founder of Theus Wealth Advisors. Check her out online at TheusWealthAdvisors.com. That's T-H-E-U-S, by the way. Again, we thank you for joining us. And Janine, today I want to get spooky on the podcast today. How about that? It's not Halloween. (laughs) It's June as the time of this recording, but let's get scary. Why not? I want to talk about biggest financial fears. We've polled some of your listeners and some other folks just to see what their biggest financial fears are. And so I'd like just to go through some of them and hear how you would address some of these fears. Because I think you'll find out as you're listening to this, they're not that scary. All you need is a plan and proper guidance to address them. And you too can conquer your fears. So first one I want to go through is uh, running out of money before we die. That's probably the number one fear, to be honest, because you run out of money before you die and you're out of luck. Well, yeah, then this is the probably the number one fear that is constantly being broadcast in the media. But first off, how can anybody possibly know whether you're going to run out of money before you die? Right. Because I joke with folks in my classes especially, but if you can tell me when you're going to die, I can tell you what when you should take Social Security or when we should do this or that. And who wants so you, to know that? What a morbid thought that would be. Right. Yeah, but it would help you plan better. But It would. That's true. <laughs> but, you know, nobody knows how many things you're going to buy, the places you're going to go, the things you might do between now and the time you decide to depart the pattern. Most people don't know these things. Many people want to travel. So how can you accomplish that and not negatively affect your nest egg? So the quickest way to assess even an inkling of this idea is to do a budget of current costs, fixed and discretionary, before you retire. Because then you have an understanding of what you're currently, what it costs you to live. So when you stop working, you're probably going to stop contributing to any savings plan, and that money comes back to cost of living. If you add in travel trips and trips to the grandchildren, and you know how much is all of that going to impact your day-to-day costs? Um, how much is healthcare going to impact your bottom line? Most experts agree that cost is only going to go up, and I say it depends. It's going to depend on how long you can maintain your health, what technologies develop that allow us to remain active, and you know at some point we all decline and go off into the West. That's a movie line, by the way. <laughs> so. You've got to, if you really want to answer this question, the short answer is you've got to plan for about 30 years in retirement minimum. And then as you're planning these things, that includes, you know, portfolio allocation, what kind of insurance products you're going to use, whether it's long-term care or life insurance to augment the plan, if appropriate. This stuff all has to play together and at least put a plan in place that addresses the number that you're trying to get to. 
Right. And you mentioned long-term care, and that's another big fear, is if you're not organized, like you're saying, you can easily go through your entire nest egg trying to pay for nursing home care, because realistically, that's something we're going to face as we age. And I know from personal experience, my grandparents are in a nursing home now, and my grandfather was a minister. And so he never made a lot of money, wasn't a wealthy man, but he planned well. And my grandmother always got on to him because at the time it felt like he was putting all their money towards retirement. And so she felt like they were scraping to get by. But now as they've aged and they both have health trouble that they're dealing with now and, you know, expensive cost. So now though, she's realized how thankful she was that he planned so well, because now that they've had to pay for all this care, it adds up. But with proper planning, they could afford that. But that is a big fear many people have. It's quite common. I think the nursing home factor or the nursing home care factor is really the biggest fear these days. And there's a reason for that. We as society used to take care of our elderly ourselves. And we have now outsourced that. And full-time facility care is expensive, as you mentioned. The average stay for facility care is about three years. And depending on where you live and the type of care you want to purchase, it's anywhere from five to $10,000 a month. So obviously we're not considering dementia or Alzheimer's care, which is memory care and can be a much longer period of time to consider. So depending on how you set yourself and your spouse up for care, whether through family or formal skilled care, it's important that people begin this conversation early. So any products are secondary to what you want to have happen. If you don't have children, you should seriously consider some type of risk mitigation like insurance because you can control some aspects of the care by doing that. Even if you have children, this is a consideration because who amongst your children is going to be the advocate for your care? Um, Most people don't want to impoverish a spouse, which is what Medicaid, which is a state-sponsored system, will require. Because in order to be on Medicaid, you have to spend down your assets. So this is first and foremost a conversation. And then you've got to develop a plan like your grandparents did. Right. For and that's really having the longer view, um, if because anything can happen between now and next year, let alone five or ten years. So there are a few choices, and depending on the area, when you go to either a purchased care like facility care or Medicaid, there are fewer choices for Medicaid, and the care may not be what you'd hoped for. So you really have to plan for the care you think is possible for what you need, and that that requires really a couple of conversations. Because that game, I don't call it a game, but it, 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 that whole situation is changing because there are more people going into care. Well, and like a game, you do have to be strategic to meet all these different factors that come into play when you get to that stage of life. Right. And, that, right. and that's why it's important to have someone who is an expert to help guide you through some of these difficult areas to navigate. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to go in a slightly different direction now, maybe a little more lighthearted. Janine, you're a former military, and we know that you are as patriotic as the next person out there, but I'm sure even you don't want to have to pay more taxes than you should. And I think that's a big fear. People don't want to pay more taxes than we have to pay. Nobody likes to give their money away. Well, first off, I think you have to separate being a patriot. Um, Being a patriot also means taking full advantage of the law. Yes, yes, that's right. (laughs) And the codes that that are available to us. Um, paying more taxes is a bit of a crapshoot because we, you and I, don't control that. 
Congress can change those brackets every four to eight years. And states can add, subtract, modify their tax laws ad infinitum. So for folks who've put all of their savings into qualified or employer plans, you're going to be required to implement distributions at 70 and a half or suffer a significant penalty. Meaning if you don't take those RMDs, required minimum distributions, there's a significant penalty. Uncle Sam wants the taxes at some point. So the question is pay now or pay later. If you're paying later, you are hoping you're going to be in a lower tax bracket. That may not be the case for some people. And this is just really addressing one tax burden. There are so many more that, again, we don't have control over because our local jurisdictions, the county, the city are imposing all kinds of tax restrictions. It's very difficult to plan for that, you know, as you go forward. So the place you, you know, live, eat, shop, travel, they all have taxes that will affect or restrict your ability to spend or buy what you thought you could afford. It's very hard to plan for. I think the latest information is it takes until July or August before you're actually earning your, you know, getting all your money because you all the money that's been taxed. How is that going to play out in retirement? It's very hard to plan for. So you have to scrutinize your deductions and take every advantage of exemptions and deductions that are allowable to you to offset the income that's coming in. Well, it is hard to plan for. I mean, different investments have different tax consequences. And really, that's a subject for an entire another podcast we can get into sometime. But the point being, like you're saying, you, you do have to know how to plan for those different tax burdens because mm-hmm. nobody does want to pay more taxes than we should pay, which we're not telling you not to pay your taxes, by the way. We're simply saying, as Janine said at the beginning, to take full advantage of the laws that are out there and make sure you're not paying more than you should and that you have to. Now, the next area I want to get into with you, Janine, is this is pretty common. Folks want to have money or investments or any number of other assets to pass on to their kids because our children are important. Of course, our loved ones are important. And so estate planning is another important component of retirement planning. And something that folks fear is not having anything left to pass on to the kids. You know, it's interesting that uh, a lot of folks coming in have said, especially in this area, I paid for tuition and that's their inheritance which works great until you have grandkids, and then that changes a little bit. I just wrote an email blast on this topic, and the title of it was, Why You Should Disinherit Your Children. Wow. That's (laughs) Uh, a bold statement. And it's from uh, an advisor's point of view who works with very, very wealthy families. It's because if you don't really think through what you are leaving and how you are leaving it, it can cause some serious family dysfunction after you are gone. Right now, a lot of people don't think this is as critical, but I do think when grandchildren come along, that sentiment will change. There are any number of catastrophes that can be avoided through proper planning. There are ways to leave things to your children without hampering your ability to live fully. There are ways to spend all your money and leave all your money if you wanna do that. Usually that's through some type of insurance planning and it can be very effective. But it's really important to have a conversation with somebody about how best to leave your assets or money. The largest wealth transfer in human history has already begun as early baby boomers leave money to their children. And for many, the question isn't about having anything to leave. It's about whether the gift will be blown, which the statistics say is within five to seven years, or will be prudently employed. So 
when you say, I want to leave money to my kids, there has to be more to that conversation. Because how is that going to play out? Right. It all goes back to having that plan, that proper strategy in place. And to do that, you need to go to the right expert. But another fear that people have is, I mean, you know, who is the right expert out there? I think one of the another biggest fears that we've seen is getting taken advantage of by an advisor who really doesn't have our best interests at heart. Oh, yeah. And I, I think most advisors do try to do the right thing, depending on how they're trained. Be very wary of there any promises of things that sound too good to be true, because they usually are. You know, is there really a guaranteed 10% out there? Maybe, but how does it work? So based on numerous studies in behavioral science, most people will choose a guarantee over an unknown or risky thing. So it's important to understand a few things about the investing world. So my advice to folks who are, who, you know, maybe talking to various advisors or brokers, there's no such thing as a linear return. The markets go up and down all the time. Over time, you have returns of the markets. So nobody can promise you a specific return because that's not real. Any promised return ahead of time is not true. Markets are forward looking and no one can predict returns in advance. If you purchase a guarantee, you give up growth in the usual sense. And usually annuities, when you're purchasing a guarantee, that's an annuity. Not saying they're bad or good. It's just that's what the the deal is. So uh, there is such a thing as evidence-based investing based on research. No stock pickers and market timers need apply. There is such a thing as leveraging time and assets. That's what annuities and life insurance can do. Those are products that fit strategies. And it's the strategy and the process that matters first. And there are plenty of people selling ethereal things, especially in the financial news networks and magazines and newspapers. So you always need to look at financial claims with a jaundiced eye. And whenever possible, work with a fiduciary who by law must work in the client's best interest instead of the dealer who's working for the house. Right. So it's very important that people understand that bad advice and poor advice can completely wipe out your savings. So you want to be very, a bit jaded, if you will. If you don't understand it, don't do it. Right. I think it's, you don't want to be cynical, but you do want to be smart. There are good advisors out there. That's why we have this podcast is we want to help you as you're out there with some of these fears to assuage some of those fears. At the same time, you do want to be smart and you want to turn to an expert and someone that really is going to have your best interest at heart, which is why we're glad you've listened today to this podcast. I hope you've seen that while some of these elements of retirement planning can be scary at the same time, with the right plan in place and with the right help, there's nothing really to be afraid of. You can be prepared for meaningful retirement. And that's why we turn to Janine Theus, your financial commander here in Columbia, for help in these different areas that seem scary. And so we're glad you've listened today. If you have fears or if you just have questions, maybe they're not fears, but you just have questions you want answered about your financial plan, come in and see Janine. It's just a conversation. It's no obligation. You can come in, sit down, and just kind of have a chat about your situation. Maybe you're a client and it's been a while and you just need to come in and get up to date on some areas of your financial plan. She can help you with that as well. Give her a call at 443-718-6310. Speak with Gracie. Schedule an appointment, come in for a conversation. 443-718-6310. Well, thank you for joining us on today's podcast. This has been Your Financial Mission.